0: Welcome to March's Poetic Makeover Show, where we share hope nuggets, wisdom nuggets, nuggets of life for the changing and the bad times. You are with me, your host, Gertrude Gift-Kazuwa. In today's show, we are going to discuss and reflect on one profound step in grieving healthy after loss. We are not saying it is the right or the wrong way to grieving, neither is the only way for grieving. But it is one way I find such helpful time and time again, every time I face challenging times or loss. One such step is found in the word, ask. We are going to discuss what it means to be there when one is facing challenging times. Thirdly, from one widow to another, I am going to say a poem written by me, Gertrude gift Gazua. To Her Excellency Madam Janet Magofoli, the former first lady of the Republic of Tanzania, I pass on my condolences. As one who has faced loss, I've written a poem on her behalf. I've given her a voice in the poem. I am asking a space to mourn for the number one resident of her heart first, before she grieves for the president. Of her nation. It is like a climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, but avoiding at all costs the valleys surrounding it, isn't it? I've written the poem as my way of being there for her. The cup that carries our message of hope is, of course, the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God, because it is honey to our lips that are cracked after seizing screams of pain and groans. The Word of God is a lamp to our feet for direction. How do we move on from the dark to light if we don't follow the light of the world? Don't we need the light and the way? The cup we carry the message of hope is indeed the honey to our lips, the Word. But the wine that we pour into every glass is for both Christians and non-Christians drink to turn the bitter waters of their dark seasons into wine or heal after the blows and the bruises of life. Michael Jackson, the pop music icon, sang a song called, Will You Be There? My assumption is this. This is one question that real in his life. More than possibly, how much money will I make? When will I become the legend of pop? Am I correct to say so? I am an artist. I write poems. Our subject matter sometimes come from our own clatters and glitters. Or is this a too simplistic generalization? After working in palliative care setting for a good number of years, I realized for some reasons, families who wouldn't make it in time and possibly miss when their loved ones were passing on. The first thing they always wanted to find out was who was there when my mom, dad, sister was passing on. Quite often, despite the groom and the doom that enveloped families and friends in that moment after their loved ones have passed on, Every time I answered, nurse so-and-so was there when your loved one was passing on or your loved one was not alone. There was someone there. There was so much relief evident in their eyes and outlook. Being there, therefore, when one is facing dire times is far much better than what silver or God can buy. Stay with me on the show. We are reflecting on loss, grieving healthy and being there. But don't forget, on this broadcast tonight, we are going to share a poem as our way of being there with Madam Janet Magufoli, the former first lady to Dr. John Magufoli, who has passed on. This is her darkest uh, moment. Every little support makes a difference to her and her family. Why do I think my simple poem can make a difference? Do you remember what I shared in my introduction broadcast? The fertiliser of poetry is emotion. Sadly to say, most people, when bad things happen, numb their feelings by sometimes reaching out for dannies. Just like a baby who is given a danny, don't we? In one way or another in our lives once in a while reach for one through overeating, drinking, smoking, engaging in multiple affairs, etc. One author wrote fuzzy drinks in the blazing heat of a desert don't help. This looks like for me traveling through a desert, the Iron Brew of Scotland or the Malawian favorite Coca-Cola soothes the throat but does not replenish the bodily waters which it drains out fast of the body due to the scorching heat of the desert. So are all things we can do to numb pain, but the negative emotions stay suppressed. So the beauty of poetry is this, it is one master key to those unlocked emotions. It is one of the outlets. Grieving after pain or loss, whether it is a loss of a job, status, independence, love, loved ones through death. Other cultures believe it is a private matter. But really? Is it a personal matter? I wonder. How can it be a private matter? As if one goes away to Jupiter, lock himself there and grieve, then come back when sorrow is no more. For argument's sake, How can we settle down to the fact that grieving is a private matter? When, for instance, from day one, when a husband has passed on, the widow has to deal with doctors, pastors, lawyers, funeral directors, school teachers, poets for eulogies, banks, all these people, apart from the teacher and maybe the poets, they will all ask for death certificate. This is one painful reminder and reality of death. All the procedures and steps are part of processing darkness, but this does not pause grieving or does it? Let me share with you a funny story. When my husband passed on, it had to be selling agents. Yes, you have guessed right, selling agents. I just believe that sometimes should we pray hard for online marketers to grow in discernment? Has anyone had that experience? <laughs> Don't they make phone calls on those awkward hours of moments? I leave this one here. So this agent called me and he said, "Can I speak to your husband, who we have learned was involved in a car accident?" We want to help him to claim his accident insurance. (laughs) On that particular day, it was a bit of breezy in my world because in those early days, it was a miracle for me to answer phone calls, let alone text. So I repeated to him calmly, Did you say you wanted to speak to my husband? Yes, he replied. Did you say he was involved in a car accident? And he said, a definite yes and I asked gently and calmly when was this and he replied a couple of months ago I replied gently and calmly my husband is dead (laughs) I know I'm laughing because it's nine years ago I'll leave to your imagination what color was his skin by the end of that conversation If he were my dark chocolate color, possibly it would have turned pale near to milk white chocolate. (laughs) Oh, let me leave it here. I can't count how many apologies did he make. If I can make a gentle remark, it's okay to keep the wound covered, but the scars will definitely show. So when grieving and processing bad times and loss, becomes a very private matter, but the side effects are apparent. Stress and depression is not going down. Many, more especially, are still going down due to suicide. If we want to beat the mental health issue, more especially these two last years, 2020 and 2021, after COVID-19 rampage and mind-cluttering, we need to rise up and rebuild. Much as it is argued the heart of a man is resilient, but the mind needs some refreshment and replenishment to cleanse the side effects of COVID-19 and all its complications. Maybe stretching of our community listening ears alongside our helping hands will accelerate both the restorations of our minds and the of of our world, I am now coming to the last part of the show. One reason I have decided to add a prop of being there for Madame Janet Magufoli is this: it has been nine years. Since the layers that covered me as a married woman came down, no one tore them down, but death craned them down and adorned me into a ceremonious crown and gown. No claps, no drums, no leaps and fans of laughter, no endless night dance. Under the moonless tropical night But the flicker of dawn in us Is the candlelight For the unfolding chapters of our life But in that moment On that day Seven of o'clock Month of that Sunday morning I lifted the horn of morning I traveled miles upon miles A flight over one river after another one washing to another, I was going back home under the sapitwa with what has remained and out of ashes. I was a fainting weak. My heart was a brick, full of brick, a bankruptcy of melody, wars of tragedy. We are all around us. I was too weak. My feet were a to my hands to lift, to treat. My heart was downbeat. There was no glitter. Life was too bitter. I was no longer a new sprinkler of days and nights that were sweeter. My hands were a band of nerves to unlock, twitter, the mushroom of hearts in the vicinity. As we were about to land, met my barren heart, littered with plight. I arrived at the airport, walked like a statue to the gate of arrival with bubbling tears and sorrow. I came back from the green pastures of the West, empty-handed for my friend, my lover, who knew me best while the rest of us walked to meet faces dressed in anguish. He emerged from the cargo care His natural gates forever close. He was one of the cargo. My heart, this, it took years to handle. But now, as I write, I hope it will be a candle to someone whose life now is a bundle of sorrows. Is this part of sharing hope? I guess someone is asking and wondering, it's good you asked? I have known loss. I've learned to toss the myths that surround grieving. Others get lost in addiction. Some rush to marry to bandage the hemorrhaging love heart. Some crawl and lie in a crouch where they get out of touch with everything outside them and even with with the, with them, within them. But I have also come to realize that there is a total freedom in the simplest word ask. In ask there is a shift from denial to an ag- acknowledgement of the loss but there is also a liberty to break from the myth more common in the West that the funeral and a grieving of all failure is a private matter. My argument against this myth is this, from me who grew up in Africa there is ample massive support when any kind of loss occurs and instead of sitting the lip tight forcing the heart to fungate with sorrow, there is liberty in sharing. Yes, my palliative background has taught me the best medicine and vaccine to a broken heart is listening ears. So asking therefore is crucial because this is what it means. There is a second person whose ears become the hearing quiet rooms which act as shock absorbers, emotional pain receptors, tension diluters, fear shrinkers among some. Why am I labouring in this show about grief and loss and bereavement? In 2015, they carried research in Scotland and the NHS National Health was made aware that bereavement care is given by many specialists. This fact alone shows us that there is a gap in our health care because there are more than us than the specialists. The most extensive support a person has is his family. But how can they fully support if most of us don't have a clue on how to be there when someone is going through some? Do you remember the song that Michael Jackson sang? Who will be there? And tonight, I'm also asking the very same question. Who will be there for the wife to some who was a bulldozer? But to Madame Janet Magufori, he was the sweetest dose of love and care. He was the bulldozer to live as a single woman. Yes, it's a blessing to be single, but not when the yearning to get married cannot be bulldozed by the expression, singlehood is a gift. Yes, Dr. John Mapombe Magofoli was a bulldozer of walls of resistance to allurement and courtship around Madam Janet Magofoli. So from one widow to another, with my palliative advocacy heart and with hands which have numerously been massaged by milk and honey from above, after being boxed into oxen horns of life. I write this poem on behalf of Her Excellency Madame Janet Magufuli, the former First Lady of the Republic of the United Tanzania. The title of the poem is Remembering My Bulldozer My scribbles aren't drizzles of lack of appreciation for your compassion and affection for our late president the true giant of transformation the revolution radiance of Africa Instead, it's a yearning for freedom, not that I am a nation under some authority as a rewarding trophy for a fair partition of our pieces of land, of agility and beauty, regardless of our diversity, humanly woven or nature interwoven. So I give myself a choice, not to grieve for our president first, but for the man. Who was a resident in my love nest first the one when i first met and he uttered the very first words i suddenly sighed and quietly sang oh well i think i have found myself my bulldozer for before he even began pouring shots and doses of his love for me my words of jericho to any marriage sweeter where a pile of crumble. Yes, a pile of shattered love barriers, His affection, bulldozing eyes, where a sparkle of a forever love nest. So give me space to remember my bulldozer, whose relentless love displaced my maiden name and gave me a new famous name, the first madame of a nation. But before I remember him as a leader of an upgrading nation, give me room to remember a man who loved me best, whose class is Ruth's Boaz. So first the things first, the A, B, C sometimes. In my head, in my unheard screams, or drops of tears. In my cup of water, or my doting lover's pillow a gift to me when our love was a year older, are not of the shining star president first, but the ABC of my forever charming prince, who the A in him is an agent of purest love, whose rivers were a flower to every corner within our bodies. The B in him is for a brilliant father of my children they are encouraged and framed cease for the rubbish pit for the consumment of anguish within me is incongruent to the true confession of my defendant warrior armor and Vela, death has plundered i am powerless since my eminent imen- husband and friend is no longer the effigrant fragrance of intimacy and militancy in his passion and drive for the stability of our home. Yes, one of the giants of Africa sleeps, but our mind can't sleep over. Neither depths nor heights can be an eraser of the compassionate leader of our nation, the rare jewel with sacrificial affection for our home, our hearts, and all around the nations. So when I lament, it's not the present I grieve for first, but the gallant of selfless love, the relentless discipline, yet deeper infusion, and louder adoration for us all. So when I cry, I miss my most excellent lover, and my heart refuses to be merrier every appraiser for his ability and audacity, every urge for his encouragement and courage, every bass guitar for his bravery, every comment for his creativity, every lament for his liberation spirit every poem for his fight and warring might, every syntax for his struggle against poverty, every sentence for his shrewdness, every word for his weight, every tear and prayer for his generosity, every eulogy from the lips of imaging passionate statesman is like a forever seasoning and a spice for his legacy. But for my children and us, all overflowing tributes are a remembrance of our insufficiency and our total dependency on our maker for when my children to his office flock they meet a tight lock it is all silent who can knock on the gate entrance of a graveyard to you all he was a guardian of revolution a refusal to be a cowering pillar to bribery and corruption His inner world was a crane to every rubble along with his lane of renovation and the resolution of our Tanzania. But for my children and me, he was our marble. His love was an awool of dazzle. The shining star of our home, the ever-present beacon of courage and hope, is no longer the brightest candle. So for us, it's not the warrior present of Africa first that we miss, but we are grasshoppers to dismiss that the armor of our home, the banner of our encouragement, our support, the covering and shield of our martian is forever gone. I can't hold it all in. My backbone is not an iron man, neither a bull in a fierce fight. I charge on, but to pull over my head the regalia of an overall charge commander of our home is a dream of a salamander to skid on ice and live. I remain a mother for my children. They have lost a father. You have another president, but for my children and me, one of our members in our resident, his dining chair lies empty, some pots and pans lies dry. We can't cook his favorite Ugali, so give us space and time to cry not for the president, but for my husband, the father of my children the son of my in-laws, the brother of my sister-in-laws. So when my nose I blow, when I go low, whether you put the glow of the good he did or your words point at his blind spots, remember, all I ask for is a tiny corner spot in your hearts and thoughts that Dr. John Pombe Magufori Maguforized Tanzania or turn your world upside down. All that matters, which side you stand on. But for me and my children, what matters is we have lost a champion. With your permission, we sit and process the loss and the pain. Maybe in God's time, one day we'll confess we have known comfort, we have known alleviation of sorrow, and hopefully our tomorrow once again for us will glow. May God' faithfulness in yours and ours be the brightest glow and this tropical moonless night season soon will be a radiating diamond for us all. Thank you very much. This poem I've written it as a tribute as my own way of being there for Her Excellency Janet Foli, the former first lady of Tanzania using this poem to share some final thoughts and nuggets I am saying when we lose a person we lose not him only but what that person was to us so much as for the argument's sake there is a national mourning for Dr. Johnny Mag- Magofoli. It can also be tiring for his wife to attend every national government function and other programs. I might now leave her, it might leave her exhausted and bear to handle the mourning and grieving that it starts after the funeral rites are over and everyone else has gone home. For argument's sake, Ruthie Graham-Rotis The daughter to Billy Graham admitted that she was left feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually exhausted after attending multiple meetings back to back before her dad was finally led to rest. And one day later, after the funeral, she, according to her own words, God gave her rest by allowing and not causing flow. Otherwise, she couldn't have taken the deserved rest. I am not criticizing anyone. As I said, this is a reflection on the care of the grieved, which might, we might need to reconsider and maybe create a room where the grieved rest as part of her the grieving. The Lord knew that she needed rest. It is true that part of grieving is to allow grieving to express our feelings. How about cultures where the grieved woman does not have a room to speak at all up until the funeral rites are conducted? Yes, I mean those cultures where a woman is a passive participant. I'll leave this here for you to reflect on. So, I have shared one thing that really I was hammering on this program is one step. To processing pain whatever a person has lost is to ask and I've also reflected to say just like in our own name much less poetic makeover makeover which is a restoration a renovation process poems are not just genres for expressing broken hearts or end of relationship rather there are a room for healing because it gives one an opportunity to get connected to the emotion, which is the start for grieving healthily. So join us again next week when we share nuggets of hope and wisdom of life. But whatever you do, remember hope is the oxygen, the energy for today and the strength for tomorrow. Whatever you do, choose hope Above fear. Thank you. Welcome to our show, Majestic Poetic Makeover, where we share hope, wisdom, nuggets of life for the changing and the challenging times through poems. You are with me, your host, Gertrude Kajua. Today on this broadcast, we'll discuss who will be there for nurses' mental health through a poem from one nurse to another called The Ventilator. As a way of cheering on nurses, we hope our poem will be a rainbow when the day is duller. Lockdown keeps crawling on. It's been a year long. What's going on? When can we put the smile on with no mask on? But hear it from us, from nurses. Your safely served is one thing that has kept us going when everything else is shaking. We continue to answer that question from Michael Jackson, the pop icon who is gone, but his question continues to challenge us all forever. Will you be there? Will be there as they cry out for physical needs as well as psychological needs when the going gets tough? Today, We ask this question, who will be there for nurses' mental health after working under a lot of pressure for a year? Yes, nurses around the globe who amidst the key healthcare workers have played a very crucial role saving lives. By the way, they are still at the battlefront confronting the bestest enemy COVID-19, rescuing those under attack of coronavirus, cancer diabetes high blood pressure you name it talking about names sometimes I feel like I'm a woman with so many titles <laughs> sometimes I feel like I am in government I am a minister without portfolio not he- heading any ministry in particular but yet playing a crucial role in the affairs of government <laughs> in my dreams Let's forget about um, having a a ministry without portfolio in government. But if there's anything you can remember, this is it. Hope is the oxygen. It is a compass. Hope is an energy conserver. If anything, let's choose hope, despite what's going on around us and in us. I have just done that today. Something within me and around me, is shouting some fears, but I reach out to hope. So I extend this invitation to you too. No matter what you do, reach out to hope. Going back to our question, who will be there for nurses? It's not necessarily physically. We can't go where they are, for it's a no-go area, but we can still be with them through our appreciation and continuous affirmation. This is very crucial. Their mental health is very important so that they can keep going. Such that even if I had owned World Bank, I would still be bankrupt of how I could be, how I could say thank you. But maybe the words that I share in this poem will be a lasting inscription. Maybe the generation to come when from the archive they will listen to some conversation in the COVID-19 Valley. They will stand tall when they will bump into this poetic tribute for nurses. Knowing that you were the bravest when all of us stayed at home, you didn't play safe. Instead, you ran to the front line to make us all safe. No amount of money can compare to the honey you have poured, to both seen and unseen bruises and breaks of life that you deal with every day. Not armed with machine guns, no bombers flying above to clear the ground, but you have been warriors, ground soldiers, no backup reinforcement, nothing of that sort, yet armed with compassion, love, care, tenderness, gentleness, even amidst this tension and fear, you have been fighting. You continue to fight, saving lives, bringing those who have succumbed to massive bombs of COVID-19, cancer, and all other illnesses. So from one nest to another, I would like just to mention a few nesters that I know. And for confidentiality, I will not mention their second names. Lindsay, Christy, Tuli at Marie Curie Hospice, Scotland, Chimwemwe and Felistas in Scotland, Janet, my Lady Jay in Birmingham, Flora and McLina, Hilda in Malawi, and all nurses around the world. This poem is for you. I can't be there for you where you are. But hear it from us, from this poem, we love you, we care about you, because when COVID scared us all, you discarded fear against all all, you embraced courage to look after us, to defend our frontier of health. So the poem is The Ventilator. So here is the poem. A year is gone, when the hospital ward became like a war zone, no go area for the rest, but for nurses, like horses, they are the quickest, to where the battle is the stiffest, where even the toughest retreat, cause they can't repeat to drop bombs to no one, to nowhere, even the rifle of the seal cowers but the pain and the tunic of a shines in the face of the armless, baseless, faceless giants. Grenades want to do. but gallons upon gallons of sacrificial love in a medicine cup will push away the global dread. Armed with selfless hearts and compassion, like a battalion with medicine of love, care, empathetic ear, uh, listening ears and touches, They in drones they share, their faces in seas of vapor, yet hope in abundance they pour into cups of many battling against illnesses and disease. Tenderness is their spear, tenacity is their mission to rescue many from the groundless garrison of COVID 19. They have been there, life above death, their zeal in thin plastic aprons and gloves and their shields amid this contagious infection they have been going they are going tomorrow they will go where I and you is out of zone but they are not robots they are of fresh and blood they are infusion of blood in this season to every healthy system around the globe to keep going and to keep serving and to keep saving lives so today I celebrate, I celebrate every nurse who, when all, all of us were behind brick trenches, they have been going where the battle is the stiffest, where the fire is the blazest, where the water rages, not because of heaps of pounds, but nurse core system sounds, NHS. They go, their faces drowning in face masks, drinking in vapour love is their armour, their tender touches and gentle voices are the ventilator of hope. So I too, I have hope, and this is my hope. Government around the globe, two things they will do, the church call it honorarium, the layman calls it a thank you. They will build a tower in memory of every niece who in the face of the bestest enemy they didn't cower, or love and gratitude it didn't shrink. For once the nurses they will shower them with a brown envelope of pounds, not as a pay. For no amount of God can pay for every life saved. But maybe after all the fire is extinguished out, they can go for a, a spare day, not as leisure, but for a massage for recharge. They will sit in front of a counselor for their renewal to continue to be a care and a love vessel for patients and their families. So today, this poetic tribute is a salute to all nurses. My ink is a call to us all to be there for nurses and all who are giving it all to eradicate COVID-19 once and for all. But as my ink spills, as an applaud to these unsung heroes, when you and I need one to hold a glass of water to take some pills, this is my appeal. Let all our ears be a cup of hope, our shoulders be a pillow, because when dust is settled, our nurses and all in healthy care, them too will need a ventilator of renewal so they can go on again where you and i go when our paths go stiff some get broken some of our past refuse to go at their tender loving assurances we go their smiles alone is a blow of life their love and compassion is the best medicine the world has ever known so i ask a question who be there for the nurses who will be there for a promotion not for a pay but for a promotion for their mental health thank you this poem is written by myself get Kazua, a former palliative nurse in scotland These are the nuggets that I would like to share. Hands can be there for physical needs, but listening ears for the heart and mind that has seen so much for suffering and even pain during this COVID-19, which has gone on for a year, can be the best medicine for our nurses across the globe. So who will be there? Thank you so much, join us again next time where we share hope and wisdom nuggets for the changing and the challenging times. Our purpose is, as we share, we also promote mental health and emotional health. Thank you so much.